Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dear Workwives. I'm Adrian, And I'm Emily. Welcome. 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 How's it going? It's going good. I just realized I forgot my water. So when you take a sip, I can't take a sip. Oh, but at least you also can't choke yourself. Like choke myself. Oh my gosh. It was the worst. I was like, you know, when you choke on water and it's like burning your throat, it was like that (laughs) for like 10 minutes. And I found, I mean, you and I have talked off recordings about how I'm a child when it comes to water. And I prefer to be able to put a little, my kids call it taste, like a little flavor in it. Yeah. Um, and there's a store here that sells like things from the States, like a candy store that sells like British, but a lot of American stuff. And they have the pink Starburst. Like contraband. Yeah. Like things that we just don't get here. <laughs> like you have to specially import it and then it costs 10 times more. Yeah. But they have okay. the pink Starburst water flavor. And I use like a third of a packet in each of my water bottles. Cause I just like the little, you know, essence Jody. of it. It's so good. So and that like water sugar. is sitting upstairs waiting for me. So. It tastes like sugar. Yeah, it tastes like sugar water. <laughs> it's like yeah, sugar water. <laughs> and it's like good. what a hummingbird would like. Much. Yeah. And that's fine. You know what? It uh, works. It gets me to drink Starbur- water. Yeah, I didn't even know that Starburst had like water flavors. Oh my gosh. Starburst, Skittles, Mike really? and Ike. All of the crush, all of these companies have water additive things. Oh, okay. Oh. Even though I'm in the States, I haven't seen those. Yeah. Maybe I haven't been looking, you know? Right. And you're so they're designed, like the ones, the only ones we can get for the Starburst are like individual packets and they're designed that you put this packet in like a regular bottle of water. So it would be like way overpowering. And I put a third of a packet in my like larger, huge water bottle. <laughs> I could not even imagine it would be like drinking syrup. I I'm convinced, but anyway America you know yeah you do love that but I mean I do too so it's I'm not really one to judge but (laughs) anyway so that's what's going on with me is I forgot my water and it has the Starburst flavor in it so something to look forward to you know yeah after this when I'm parched yeah um what else is going on though pause if you really need it but no it's okay I'll be fine you've survived because you're right I probably would choke so (laughs) she choked at it team meeting the other day she couldn't get it together for quite no, a while so. it was rough like that's um, why I don't drink water <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's danger to my health uh nothing else is going on my kids are on their second last day of school tomorrow's right. their last day for the summer can't wait can't wait uh they got their report cards yesterday and they did so well so we're all feeling very proud we celebrated oh my gosh I'm I'm such a child when I talk about this but we went for McFlurries after school actually we they were supposed to have soccer but it got canceled because we're our air quality right now is horrific because of wildfires um same wildfires or new ones same ones yeah just keep burning it might be like a new crop of fire but it's like the same like you know what i mean it's never really gone out yeah okay um so soccer was canceled, but it was like, well, we're still going to get McFlurries. And I don't know if McDonald's in the States has this, but like right now, McDonald's Canada has this summer McFlurry flavor and it's a, it's caramel popcorn. So it has literal caramel popcorn in it. And I had to try it because it sounded like it was either going to be incredible or horrific. Terrible. Yeah. And it's actually really good. So yeah. I'm just here to say that it's just like sweet and salty, you know, this is like, there's like chunks of popcorn in it, like whole caramel corn popcorns in it. 
And I know, like I know. Crunchy still, or they get soggy. No, they stayed. They stayed crunchy because they're like thoroughly coated in caramel. So I don't know if they got like, right. specific, you know what I mean. It's not like a little bit. It's like the whole kernel has like a right. good coating. Yeah, which I think like slowly dissolves in the ice cream. But like at the bottom of my McFlurry, I only get like the little one. But it was still crunchy popcorn. Interesting. It was yeah, interesting. It's definitely not something I would be like personally interested in. No, but, but since you said the flavor is good, I also am like lactose intolerant. So I right. Anyways, but you know, I was going to ask you this, like how often do you eat ice cream? Because we are, but you don't because you're lactose intolerant. Never. We are in like the most intense ice cream season of our lives. I don't think we have gone more than three days without having ice cream in the past like month. <laughs> and I'm not mad about it to be honest, yeah. but I don't know what it is, but I just can't get enough right now. Interesting. But no. you don't really do ice cream because you're lactose intolerant. Lactose intolerant. So like sometimes if I'm like really craving something or if I see something at the grocery store that has like, um, you know, non-dairy, yeah, then I'll get it, but it usually doesn't like scratch doesn't the, live up to the hype. Yeah. Anyways, like I bought some, so, you know, that brand, like so delicious or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like coconut or I don't know what it was, yeah. but I had, and it was like cookie dough, which is normally my favorite type of ice cream. And I had some and Womp, womp. even when we've been together and you say because i'm like no i know and then you'll we'll go out the few times like i remember when you came to toronto or when we were at disney springs and you're like yeah i'm gonna get and then you just last minute don't get anything no remember when we went to disney springs they had the one vegan flavor that i wanted and then when i got up to the counter it was gone like it was oh, like oh that's right I was gonna get it you were you I'm were i'm sorry i stand regular. corrected i was yeah. not gonna get the regular or the sorbet it will destroy me. And I'm not like a sorbet kind of person. Like, You're I like a chocolatey mine. person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like a, you know, vanilla or chocolate, like yeah, yeah. cookie dough, like that type of sweet versus yeah. I don't really like fruity sorbet. Just eat the not, fruit. Yeah. Like just... it doesn't do it for me, you know? Yeah. But I wanted that one at Disney Springs and it just wasn't in the cards. Maybe but... you can get it in July maybe big news. I did. T- we did tell Kit yesterday <gasps> that we were taking her to Disney. <laughs> How did that go? Could have been, I don't know. Oh, you've only got a few weeks. It's fine. She was so excited. It was the cutest thing. She was just like, Oh, I love that. Oh God, we're going to Disney. <laughs> and last night I was putting her to bed and she was telling me all the things that she wants to do she who she wants to meet like perfect it's good because now you can get her itinerary you know I know that was actually because a few weeks ago like when I was just like asking her hypothetically like which princess she would like to meet it was like very much like Belle yeah. and the Beast but then last night when I told her we were going she was like Rapunzel number one Rapunzel right. like okay let's do it you know mm-hmm. so now I gotta like go in the mom's group and figure out where do I meet Rapunzel you know what right I mean? like yeah now, you're right I can do my due diligence yes. for my planning <laughs> yeah because you're gonna have one shot at Magic yeah. Kingdom to find Rapunzel exactly so yeah. I want to let her down she still wants to meet Belle but she was very upset about the idea of meeting the beast she, I don't want to see the beast I don't want to see the beast okay oh, so you're not even going to see, see the, the show beast. anymore yeah I don't know because yeah. I think she would want like it'll I, that it's also just the movie game time decision you know right like, if we go to the show I was thinking we would go to the show and like see him from far away maybe she'll yeah. be okay Bell will, will be there yeah yeah but the the big kicker that she really wants well she wanted to bring one of her stuffies and I was like okay you can bring a stuffy I said but 
we won't have enough. And she's like, and you bring this stuffy and you bring this other, like she wants to bring all her stuffies. I was like, no, we're probably only will have enough hands for one stuffy because mom also has to bring water, yeah. snacks, fans, you know, I got to bring yeah. all the stuff. And I was like, and you might want to buy one thing there, right? Like you might want to get a surprise. She was like, oh yeah. So she quickly gave it up. So like, stuffy doesn't have to come because I want to, I want a new stuffy. Store. They have a store there. And I was like, yeah, they have a let store me there. wait Walmart. until let you see you. every the whole place is a store. Yeah, <laughs> one big store basically. Yeah, because <laughs> so you could maybe get one thing from the store. She was like, "Okay, I know what I want." I was like, "Okay, yeah, what do you want?" I want real ice cream. <gasps> Shut up! Oh my god! Like, mommy, I've never ever had real ice cream because she's lactose intolerant too, right? Lactose intolerant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, okay, babe, if you want real ice cream, like maybe you can have real ice cream at Disney World. If that's like your one Disney wish, we'll have yeah. it at the end of the day and then you can blow it out later. I don't know. But if you go to, there might be like the vegan ice cream at maybe. some of the places. You might but get maybe lucky. Maybe I can ask in the Disney moms group about yeah, yeah. that too. Where can I get this child some ice cream where she thinks it's real ice cream, you know? Oh my gosh. Stop. Cause even at school, like sometimes they have ice cream, but she has like special ice cream that we brought for her so that. Right. <laughs> blomp, blomp. I was like, if I can get away with just getting her ice cream as her prize golden listen I'm gonna have words with you if you come back and she does not have a new tangible thing okay a new uh $40 bubble wand or something I think that you should take her I think that's I think the bubble wand is even more expensive I'm pretty sure Tyler spent $35 on a balloon balloon yeah (laughs) which she couldn't even take to animal kingdom the next day so he's like I hope she doesn't remember the balloon I'm like it doesn't matter as soon as she sees it she's gonna want another one yeah uh, you should take her to where the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is because, or Caribbean, whatever. Um, that's where the tiaras are. The tiaras. Because if she's a princess, she might want a oh, tiara. She definitely will want a tiara. I was going to try to like buy some stuff cheaper before I get there and Smart. then like, pull it surprise! out and be like, oh, look, mommy got you yeah. a surprise. And like, she won't know that it's not actually, you from know, there. $70 ears from Disney, but rather $2 ears from AliExpress. Yeah. You know what I mean? Smart. Listen, that's, uh, that's what's going on in our world. And she was like, "Mommy, how many days until we go? How much time until we yeah. go?" And I was like, "Well, we'll be there for you. Mean like, how long are we gonna be there?" She's like, "No, how long until we go? We go?" And I was like, yeah. two weeks till we go." And she was like, <laughs> "Like she was so excited." Oh, I'm so jealous. So that was. I'm gonna me. get targeted for more ads now that we've talked about this for the last five sorry. minutes. And everyone listening, I'm sorry, but. This is my only summer looking, yeah. only thing to look forward to. So here I am. Right. Okay. But, well, that sounds yeah. like I'm super jealous. All I can picture now is like, cause you're going and then my nieces are going in the fall and I'm just like, um, James, we need to go. <laughs> we need to make this work somehow. Magical. Yeah. Um, Next week is July 4th, or I guess as this episode Let's airs, see. it will be July 4th. So Happy July 4th, everyone. There's that. Canada Day will have just passed. Happy and Canada on Day. it's July 1st, Canada Day. Well, happy Canada Day. In yeah. The past. And um, we're recording this on June 28th, and it's rap Pride Month is almost over. So I hope I in where I live, our Pride Parade is in, ju- in July. So we're gonna be oh, going right. to that. 
um which i'm Ours really looking forward to weekend, but i yeah. we we didn't brave it with the children Mm. they're a little yeah. older I think we will yeah 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 ours is like very much tame it's not like the big city pride parades which I would love to go to as well when, when they're a bit older yeah ours is um, I think pretty big and wild but yeah they have a lot of kids stuff too I think it's just so hot and with the two kids I was like mm, yeah, yeah. crowds and kids but a lot yeah. of our friends did go um and I heard it was amazing but, yes I keep yeah. seeing all these videos of the Disneyland pride parade and, or oh. pride night and oh, cool. it looks so cool. And like all of the characters like Mirabelle, who I didn't know who Mirabelle was, but I think that's Goofy's partner. She's just like giving everything. So oh, she's like a cow kind yeah. of looking. Yeah. yeah. And Daisy's doing the most and Minnie's got like this great outfit. And I was like, oh, that would be so cool. But I want to see. I'll send you a Are TikTok. Are you on the TikTok? <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Are you on the Disney Pride TikTok? <laughs> yeah. So I hope everyone who celebrates it had a great Pride Month. Yep. We'll continue and, celebrating your love all year long. Yep. And now we're going to talk about our stories this week, but we have Dragon. a little bit different. Tell we have different things. Twist. Tell us the twist. So you know what? The, we're nothing if not innovative. That's right. Can't even say that with a straight face. Um, <laughs> creative. We, creative, yes. So today I found a really interesting article that we're going to talk about from CNBC. I will put the article link in the show notes for those who want to read it. Um, and then Adrian and I are each going to share a story from our past and the other person can give advice and, or we can, you know, self-advise on how we would have, how we would handle that today with, you know, the confidence and knowledge that we have now versus when we had then. So I'm excited because I have a good story and I hope that you, I mean, I'm eager to hear your take on it, but before we dive in, I did want to talk about this new story that was from CNBC. And the headline is, is that most employees say their well-being has worsened or stayed the same, but their bosses disagree. So <laughs> yeah, uh, Deloitte, <laughs> Deloitte and Workplace Intelligence put out a survey. They surveyed 31, 3,150 people this March. Um, and inside of the survey results, they, you know, it showed that 84% of people are still focused on improving their mental health. of those people say that's more important than advancing their career. So focus, their health is more important in their career. Shocking. But like Mm -hmm. still only 75% of people, there are still people out there who like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Half of people surveyed constantly or always or often feel exhausted or stressed, which is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And the kind of like interesting part, the whole article is really interesting because it talks about how like burnout, like there's no reprieve from burnout culture. There's no way to kind of escape it. It's, it's still prevalent, even though it's not getting the hype that it was, I think during the height of the pandemic. Or even like, remember when, what's her name from Ariana Huffington? Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like there was a big burnout conversation around that time when her book came out and all that. Yeah. Um, but only 42% of the managers surveyed in this say that they feel empowered and capable of helping their team members Manage like achieve that. their well-being goals. And I think that that was the part that I really wanted to focus on when we we're talking about it is because like, yes, we know that the work culture is struggling for a lot of people right now. Like we know that burnout rates are still incredibly high. People are leaving jobs left, right, and center. Gen Z is like completely changed. There's another article I read about how Gen Z is like completely changing the work culture and that they have like a bunch of side hustles and they're little entrepreneurs and they just like refuse 
to give in to like corporate, you know, status quo. But if, if less than half of managers are feeling equipped to handle these well-being, this kind of like crisis of the workforce, like how are we ever going to make any change? That's kind of the part that I, that really like they're not empowered by their companies to do anything about it. Yeah. Like they know, or the bosses are just ignoring the data or ignoring their team members. They're about how they're genuinely feeling and they're not willing to provide any resources to make changes. Mm-hmm. And I know people are like, you know, they're playing with the four day work week or like they're really trying to um, put sharper, sharper boundaries around communication and that kind of thing. But like as much as some companies are doing that, other companies are doing the exact opposite by making people, people back, back to the office, office, which is the big the big one right now, which is like to me, it's just the easiest and like also best cost savings opportunity for organizations. Like the amount of money that organizations are spending on like office space and electricity and just parking, like all the stuff you have to pay to run an office when it's literally the exact opposite of what people want. We've had a proven model where they don't actually need to be there. You know, like it was, it was like this proven experiment with COVID that we got and this is a byproduct of it yet we're choosing to do the exact opposite and it's really detrimental I think to people's well-being their workplace mental you know their mental state how they feel about their workplace because it just shows that their workplace does not care about them (laughs) um yeah I found the most interesting part of the article was the companies and managers basically gaslighting um, in the first sentence of like, we don't think there's a problem, even though they say there's a problem. Right. Like what? Yeah. Like they're just like, uh, first this- line again. hold on, let me open it. I was just like, yeah, a new report highlights that leaders do not have a firm grasp of their employees' well-beings. Um, the C-suite has indicated a much, uh, a much different perspective. More than three out of four executives inaccurately, inaccurately believe that their workforce's well-being has improved. Yeah, it's like the article title. It's like most employees say their well-being has worsened or say the same, but their bosses disagree. How can you disagree about someone telling you, I mean, this is not like a difference of opinion as a leader. You do not get to decide say how someone feels. I'm feeling it's or- also like, and the, the, the title might be a little clickbaity, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's obviously like their perception. Right. And they didn't have this data when they gave their perception, but their perception yeah. is wrong is what this article is saying. Right. So yeah. that's something that hopefully these, you know, Deloitte and uh, workplace intelligence will go back to them and be like, actually wrong. Like yeah. there's a big problem here. And yeah. like small, like, really random factoid when I was reading the article, Dan Schwabel, who um, is, I guess, the CEO of Workplace Intelligence, mm-hmm. like six or seven years ago, I actually met him at like a dinner. I was sat next to him. My mentor, one of my first mentors, like when I first started my entrepreneurial endeavors was Farnoosh Tarabi. Mm. And she had like a podcast and she's very well known in the finance space. And so she knew Dan and I was with her like at a dinner and Dan was sitting next to me and he was writing his book at the time. I wonder if I even had his book. Um, 
but it was just so random that you sent me that article. I was like, Dan Schmappel. Oh my God. Like I, I knew he wanted to like be doing workplace research. So nice. it's really cool that he obviously has a company now that is legitimate and does a ton of studies yeah. on this type of stuff. But I was like, Oh, blast from the past. There you um, go. We're not like friends or anything, but we did meet and But if you hear this, I remember Dan. him. Yeah, yeah. If you hear us, you know, we're out we can be fighting friends. for you too. Yeah. We yeah. would love to partner with you and hear what you're doing and maybe even have you on the podcast because <laughs> Uh, he is definitely like very much like an advocate for better workplace culture, you know? Yes. So. Yeah. And I think I, you know, I know this is out of the usual format for us, but I think as the, as a leader of a company, how, like, do you feel like it's possible to be that disconnected from the reality of your employees? Yes. Cause I think that we're looking at, um, larger companies that right, they're serving, yeah. you know, yeah. like I think that they're serving much larger organizations. And I also think that like when you're in larger organizations, there's this pressure to perform. Like there's this pressure to not admit or there's be, no problems here. Yeah. There's no vulnerability. There's yeah. no like bringing your personal sometimes like into the workplace. It's just like put on a face, do the work, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone just head down laser focused can't be bothered with like what's going on for other people and so I think it would be possible especially for higher level leadership to have no clue yeah or at least be unwilling to admit that there was a problem because they might also think that they're like doing some really advanced initiatives right that no one really wants but they think it's like you know, giving them, they're checking the box at least of like mental yeah. well-being. Oh, we have access to a gym. So they should be, we have bouncy balls yeah, that they can sit on, you know, yeah. like, we provide a kitchen or, you know, like, or yeah. whatever. They think they're doing something that checks the box. And I don't think that a lot of corporate cultures have the environment where they get to have a lot of maybe one-on-ones with the people that are actually doing the work. I think that, you know, leadership is meeting with leadership and it also sounds like there's a lot of middle managers who don't feel they have the, like the opportunity to make any changes. They don't feel they have the permission. They don't feel they have the resources. So they're kind of trapped in this middle ground of where maybe they do know they that. know but they can't do anything yeah like they know but they also don't have enough pull to yeah. make a big change or they feel like that might jeopardize them or their career it might be seen as like complaining like mm-hmm. you know and I think that there's still in some corporations just that culture of like just show yeah. up and do your work and you're replaceable so don't make too much noise unfortunately right. you know yeah So I do think it's possible that they are that disconnected, Disconnected. which is unfortunate, but yeah, I think it's possible. Not a small company like mine. No. Yeah. But as you know, obviously we have listeners who work at small companies and, you know, even ones that are slightly bigger than ours, but still the, the managers or leaders know, have greater access to it. Like it must still be challenging when you're, you know, that you're doing everything you can to support your employees. And keep and a business still, running and you still have employees who are Yeah, I was actually struggling. just going to change my opinion. Like, okay. <laughs> I changed my mind. Drama. Here we go. So I think it would be possible even at a small organization to not have as much insight just because I think it depends on the openness mm-hmm. and the safety of the culture, right? Like, because if I was a leader who was not 
creating a safe space, then why would they tell me that like they're struggling or they're not in a good space or they need more time off? Or like, I think that there definitely are instances in small businesses where even leadership at a, you know, under 20 team members, they don't know because they're not, and that is not necessarily the team members fault. It's the product of the leadership, like not creating a safe enough space where people feel they could come to you and tell you that. Mm-hmm. So it is your fault ultimately, or it's your choosing to like be disconnected and be preoccupied with other things that maybe that's not a priority for you. Like maybe you haven't prioritized like one-on-ones with your team members or like getting to know them on a personal yeah. level or giving them the space to share like, are you over capacity? Like most people aren't asking that. I would say, I think that the things that we do at run like clockwork that help me understand if someone is, you know, in a good mental state or not, are not necessarily practiced or common, even in small businesses. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it takes a lot of effort. And even when I know that some, like I'm doing a lot of things maybe differently to try to make it optimal, optimal, like it still isn't always going to be. And so then I think it could be frustrating for CEOs or managers of like throwing up your hands and being like, well, I'm doing everything I can. Like what else can I do? And at some point there is work. Like we still need to get work done and I'm a small business. So maybe I can't afford to do all these things that you might feel you need in order to be working at optimal mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's also like a moving target for some people, you know, and I think it it depends on what's going on in your personal life. These things are very interdependent and I don't think we can ignore that, but I think that we can continue to try to do better, you know, and not necessarily, not gaslight our team into like, no, you're fine. Like they must be fine because I'm doing all these things. Yeah. I think not assuming that they're fine, even though you're doing all these things is the key for me too. Like just because I'm doing all these things, like I still need to check in. I still need to make sure they're okay. I still need to have conversations of what could we continue to do better knowing that I may not always be able to provide that. Right. And yeah, but I think that's a conversation that we can have. And sometimes like there really isn't anything. Oftentimes there isn't really anything more you can do. You know, it's if when it comes to, you know, these employee, like mental health, like there's, there truly is like only so much you can do. And if we're also talking about equitable practices, we need to make sure that we are creating these opportunities like equitably. And so what someone needs might be different than what someone else needs. And one of those might not be possible for the business. So you have to, or they might contradict each other. Like what one person needs might be the opposite of what the other person needs. And I think that the other thing that comes up for me, which is (laughs) <laughs> really selfish, but it's like, I'm sure there's also a lot of CEOs out there who are like, who's helping my mental health? Like, you know, like literally, like, <laughs> you know, as a, for a small yeah. business, at least yeah. that there is a lot of pressure to support their team, team and like, make sure your team's okay. And, but like, there's the a of lot the- of like, well, this is what like, comes what with me? having a business, you know, <laughs> like, like this is checking in on me. That's your, that's part of owning a business. It's like, okay. But also like, Part of being it a team is. member is doing your work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I I know that sounds really callous and I don't, I don't mean it to, but I think this is why the conversation is so nuanced because it's yeah. a moving target. It's very gray and you want to do the absolute best that you can to support your team. But that also includes keeping your company running so they can keep making money. Right. 
So sometimes what you need to do to continue the company operating is going to contradict what your team member needs to like be at their optimal health, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, we could all do with a four week vacation taken at the same time. So there's nothing happening at run like clockwork, but then there's no run like clockwork. So, right. So that's not going to keep us in business and keep you with a job, right. That pays you because then I can't do that. So, and we know that like suicide rates, mental health, you know, rates for entrepreneurs is like very high, very high. So I think that sometimes maybe people don't even have the capacity to think about other people because they're just like struggling themselves. themselves. So, you know, what was that quote about like when you're drowning in, whether you're drowning in like five feet of water or you're drowning in 20 feet of water, like you're still drowning. You're still drowning. Yeah. You know, it's not like a competition of like, who's drowning the most, who is drowning under the most water. It's like, doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter if you're in 10 feet of water or, and this other person's in 20 feet of water, like we're both still drowning. And so, um, yeah, I don't have an answer. I just think that there's yeah. like a lot more to the picture, you know, in terms yeah. of solving, like, I don't know how to solve this problem for people because there is no economy. one size fits all solution. And I think this is also a, like a product of our system right now. Like the system that is our government, that is our financial system Yeah, in a recession, in a, you know, in inflation economy right now the companies are, yes, having to lay people off, which means that other people now have to do more work. But in order to stay in business, that's all we can afford. So it's like, and I can't afford to pay you more right now because we're not making more money. Because laid off half the company, yeah. So it's like, I think that there's just so many sides of this challenge yeah. right now that like maybe people are doing their best, but maybe they're not. I think that there's a lot of large corporations that are not doing their best. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't generally think that they are usually. I'm I'm more thinking like small business, medium-sized business. Like there are things that you can do to like, I think the first step is just acknowledging, even having those conversations of like, yeah, I, I would like profits aren't there. So we can't offer that. You know what I mean? Like if you're being more transparent with with things, then it, I think it's an easier pill to swallow, or at least people feel like they're making informed decisions if they choose to stay or leave a situation that's not, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, working out yeah. for them. But again, that takes a lot of vulnerability and it's not the, it's not the norm. So yeah, like a lot of people don't do it. In my, um, like my local friend group. And she was like, you know, oh, like with cost of living and inflation and all of that, like I should have be making like 20 percent. I ne- I'm going to ask for like a 20 percent. I need like a 20 percent increase. And I'm like, it's never gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Like they can't do it. You know, like she doesn't work for this huge company. And I'm yeah. like, so unfair that they're not giving this to me. And I'm like, I mean, I see your side, but I also see their side. Like I get like, it's not fair to anyone. But if they did that, they'd have to do that for everyone. And they they would literally go out of business. And then where yeah. would you be? You yeah. know, like then you'd be have a hundred percent pay cut, hundred percent, eighty percent of what you're wanting. Yeah, um, and some of our friends were like, maybe you could look for a new job, and it's like it's right. You could look for a new job, and a lot of times that's the best way to get a large pay increase is to switch companies, move to a yeah. different organization. But that also takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, and is a and huge. Are financial you willing risk. to do that? Like, are yeah. you willing to do that right now? Right, but that is one of your options. You know. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times the company does not have the option to just give everyone an 11%, a 7%, a 20% blanket increase. They would put themselves out of business. It's mm-hmm. not financially responsible, even though we understand 
the rationale of like what the economy is like right now and that every single person is feeling the Pinch. cost of the inflation yeah yeah it's like, i get it and yeah i want to stay in business too you know i want to be around in a year in two years when hopefully this hopefully things out. have settled out a bit you know but we're not going to make yeah. it there if we aren't fiscally conservative right and I know now. that this article wasn't even just talking about fiscal like pay yeah, increases yeah. and stuff like that so yeah. I think it's interesting you know I think that there's probably a lot more that people could do just by asking you know like yeah. what's your capacity like I think is the first question before just like piling on I think that that's a common mm-hmm. thing that people do I think that also in the position of being an employee like where can you where can you stretch your no muscle right like because mm-hmm. i know that when i and especially if you're you know if you're part of that 75% of people that care more about your mental health and your your well-being than you do about your career advancements then say no to things that like yeah. really are not going to put you in a place where you can do your best or feel your best right that's not something I can take on right now. And I think that sometimes we just assume we have to, but Mm -hmm. yeah, sure. It might, it might affect your career advancements, but it sounds like for the most part, like that's actually not people's primary concern. So. Yeah. And like on the flip side, I know people are like, Oh, you know, companies always treat us like we're replaceable, but if people are leaving jobs, look for wage increases, then maybe they're not going to be so happy with the salary that this company is offering. So like we're, it's a very, the relationship is not as clear cut as it used to be because the workforce is very volatile right now. Mm-hmm. So, Interesting. and Gen Z's coming in and shaking it all up as they do. That's right. Those Gen Z years, love them. Love them. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll put the article in the show notes if you want to read it. We did pretty much just recap it, but it's a good article. So, Interesting. and then let us know if you're an, a leader or an employee. Like what's something that you could do or wish you had done or want to do, but are too scared to kind of like improve your well-being or the well-being of your team? Or, or like, do you even know what would improve the well-being of your team? I think that's right. also like the, like, are they asking like, what do these, and do the people, do the employees know what they want? Like, do they know yeah. what would help them feel better? Mm-hmm. Sometimes no. Sometimes they just know they don't feel good. Yeah they don't have like a realistic solution, but maybe some of them do. So maybe even just asking your team. You sound like my husband right now. Well, what will make you feel better? A McFlurry, but it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't work. Oh my God. <laughs> just for like a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I wanted to each of us to share a story from our past because we started out this podcast where we each shared one. And I was like, I know that we, we both have more. So let's do that. I have a story cute and ready that I would okay, love go. your opinion on. Yeah. Okay. So in a previous role, it was Black Friday, like happening. And um, the leader and I had a misunderstanding. We kind of had our wires crossed about a promotion and kind of the specifics of a promotion. Uh, When we were discussing it in the office, um, they thought that I was giving them a lot of attitude and, and like reprimanded me, reprimanded me like very like as if I was a child, like in the middle of the office in front of all the other employees. And I got up and like walked out to go to the washroom and just kind of like collect myself. Because as you know, as my, as a current leader of mine, like I sometimes need to collect myself. Like I cry very easily. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm frustrated. Like sometimes I just need to like go take a breath so that I don't flip my shit. Yeah. 
Um, and then the leader followed me into the hallway and cornered me and continued yelling at me like with, like with their body, like physically cornered me, like, so I couldn't move and yell at me more in the hallway about how, how unprofessional and disrespectful it was for me to get up and walk out of the conversation. What about how unprofessional it is for you to be yelling at me in front of everyone, but also to be following me and then cornering me and making me not feel safe in my body. Yeah. It was professional. Is that it was honestly like one of the worst and like, I've, it was one of the worst experiences in the world. I would probably try to calmly communicate that I need them to step away and stop talking to me right now. Yeah. Just, you know, like sometimes when someone's acting crazy, like the best thing you can do is like be really calm so that, so that it will show like the difference, the difference of yeah. like, because if the immediate reaction is to like yell back or like, yeah, but that just like matches versus like, oh, I'm the one who's like clearly this. a scene and escalating yeah. this. Yes. And so I would probably be like, you're not making me feel safe right now. Like I don't feel safe in my body right now. And this is high, like easier said than done. Like, yeah. Say that to someone too. Like, I need a moment to step away and then we can talk about this later. Yeah. Um, and then I would probably never talk to them without another party being present because it doesn't sound like they were a safe person or a logical, rational person. So I'd probably immediately like bring in HR or other management mm-hmm. be like to tell them what went on and was this person your boss? This was your boss. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I'd keep working with them either. So I'd probably have to like look for a new job. It was like such a cluster of like, because the, you know, the promotion wasn't going well. So we were already like flustered, you know, when no one's you're doing something like a black Friday deal and it's like not hitting targets and you start to scramble. So the energy starts to get like, well, what, how do we fix this? Or how do we, you know, um, and I remember just like standing in the hallway being like, I I'm literally just trying to go to the bathroom so that I can take a breath, you know, like, yeah, like I'm trying to diffuse the situation, you know, yes. and instead of react and like, I felt like I was being like hunted for a reaction. And then this incident came up in my annual review as like one of two times that I was insubordinate. What did you do? What did you do after this happened? I cried and went back to work because the, the power dynamic was like, what was I going to do? Like this, yeah. like I'm, I, I've never been in a position to just walk out of a, biz, a, a job, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and I genuinely was just made to feel like I, like, like I really messed up. So then I just, because Thought, of my oh, personality, oh, I have to make this better, you know? Yeah. I have They're to be right. better. This is my fault. Yeah. 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 Even if like the thing was your fault, which we don't even know like what the thing, what doesn't really even matter. Yeah. It's relevant because the problem is the reaction and how you were treated, you know? Like, yeah. But obviously with the power dynamic, sometimes we don't realize what is fair, what is not fair, like what, how we should be treated. So we just kind of tuck our tail between our legs and keep going, you know? Yeah. That makes me feel sad for younger Emily. And I worked with like other, all the other people in the office were like my, like we were all my age. So it just was like the most 
and like all in similar stages of life, you know, like all like just Mm -hmm. getting married or just having our first kid. Like it was all very like, these were like my peers, you know? So it was just like the most embarrassing exchange of my life, you know? Because one thing to be like yelled at or uh, reprimanded by someone who's like, you know, like when I was in the kitchens, it's like, I was like 18 and these were like 50, 60 year old, like professional chefs who have been doing this for their whole, it just like the dynamics are different. Right. But this was like someone who was not that much older than me who like just felt like someone who I should be like having a glass of wine with and instead is like screaming in my face. And it was like, so embarrassing. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. I've never had anything that psycho happen to me. My story is like way tamer than yours. Okay. Well, I think for any, I think you're right. Like ideally you just be like, I can't work in this environment. And like, we've always say like, start getting your exit plan in a row, like start putting the feelers out, update your resume. You know, it could, it takes time sometimes to find like comparable salaries or positions or compensation packages. But like, if something like that happens, like that's, that's not but also there was also like witnesses to your incident too, yeah. which, you know, could have been used in your favor at that time. So like yeah. if this ever happens to someone like go to HR or to management, if you don't have, you know, a whole mm-hmm. HR department or whatever, and make sure that it's documented, documented and that, cause maybe that person would have got fired and maybe you wouldn't have had to leave your job, you know, yeah. because what they did was really inappropriate yeah. But yeah, he didn't know at the time. So this person owned the company. So like they weren't oh. gonna get fired, but yeah. So then it is like you gotta decide, yeah. is that the type of person you want to work for? Yeah. Probably not, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is yeah, it's not cool. So when there's not like an HR or a manager that feels safe, then I feel like, yeah, you got to start putting things yeah. in place. To... That's a huge red flag. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, what's your story? Oh yeah. Um, okay. So mine, I'm, I'm sharing this story as like someone who would need advice. Right. So, okay. so I was, and I probably have shared the story before. I feel like I don't have that many, like fun workplace, fun, fun. Yeah. Toxic workplace stories, which yeah. is good, but. Um, the whole place was toxic, but so this particular instance, I was new to the organization. This is when I worked in my corporate job and we worked at a paper mills. And so everything was op- like the paper mills run like 24, seven, 365. Mm-hmm. It costs a yeah. lot of money to like shut down a paper Operation. machine. Yeah. So they just don't. And so holidays and stuff like that, like they're still running. They just have different crews that come in. Mm-hmm. Those people get paid overtime. I was salaried at the time. So like, I don't get paid overtime or anything for holidays, yeah. but it's just kind of like you have, we have to like rotate and do that. Or yeah. someone has to come in and at least check on it, even if you're not like working a full day or whatever. So this particular instance, I was young, just started kind of working there. I was mid twenties or early twenties. And um, we were like, my boss was in my office and we were just talking about the upcoming holiday schedule. And he was like, well, since and he was like in his forties, mid forties, fifties, he had a, a family who were like, he had two kids who were maybe in their teens and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, 
you know, since I figured since you don't have a family or anything like that, you could come in on Christmas and Christmas Eve since you won't be doing anything. Womp womp. I was like, oh, okay. Like, and I just said, oh, okay. And then I did. Yeah. And I did come in and I never told anyone about that comment, but like, yeah. as an older person now, I'm like, that was so inappropriate and rude and offensive and Obviously, it still sticks with me as something that should not be said. No, because everyone has a family just because they don't have offspring. Yeah. And I was like, actually, like, I, you're right. I don't have a family. So maybe I, I don't, they also like relocated us for jobs a lot of times. And Mm -hmm. so we were kind of isolated. Like we didn't have people that we knew in these towns. Like I literally moved there and knew nobody in this town. So maybe it would have been nice to have a couple extra days off to like go travel to see my family or something over the holidays or even just a couple days. So I could, I I lived within driving distance of my aunt and uncle at the time. So like I could have driven to go see them if I, but 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 like you're saying, no, since I don't have children, I was basically told I don't have a family. And so I should be the one to, you know, yeah, just. Suck it up. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, what if you, yeah. Like what if you're like a religious person or something like that day, you know what I mean? Or like the assumption was just, just like, oh, you have nothing going on. So yeah. Yeah. I hate that assumption. I think it's like so unfair. And like, I mean, obviously I have young children, but I don't think that that warrants me to have any higher priority than any other person to have certain time off he was also like the manager at our like location like the highest level manager at our location so honestly like as a leader now I'm like I would take one for the team for my yeah I would be like like, do a lottery or something like do it like a draw you know if no one else can come in, I'll come in as like, yeah. the leader, you know what I mean? But like, and then maybe I would have volunteered myself. I probably would have volunteered myself anyways. Yeah. But the fact that it was just like, you, you don't have this. a family. So yeah. like, you can do this. Brutal. <laughs> well, luckily we don't have that problem anymore because we just closed for two weeks. <laughs> That's right. You don't have to worry about that. That's right. But I hate when people make that assumption or like infer that or, what you know, you oh, you- done, like if you were, I would have done like, exactly what you did. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. You know, like perfect me would love someone, someone should, someone's, someone should, should not <laughs> just take it. They should say, you know, what's, there has to be a more equitable way of determining, is there a rotation? Is yeah. there anyone who actually wants to volunteer? There are lots of people who will volunteer to do it, you know, like, um, or maybe I should have even just spoken up and said like, oh, I would be happy to volunteer. Yeah. But it's not because I don't have a family. Yeah. Even just like, like stick out or for like yourself the, that way. Or yeah. Or like the, what do you mean? I don't yeah. get it. I don't get it. I do <laughs> have a family. What does to do with my holiday? Yeah. About, about my holiday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or I would have been like, okay. And then I'll take, I'll take blah, blah, blah time in lieu. Sounds right. great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. People are wild with their assumptions and their self-serving and you know what I mean? They're like, Oh, I don't want to work this day. So I'm going to make sure that you do instead. Yeah. But that company was wild for like a lot of like family dynamic stuff because when Tyler and I started dating, we were like long distance and were you allowed to date or was it against HR? Did you have to like get a sign a thing and 
we didn't have to sign anything but once we were like serious we did like tell our yeah. managers and mentors so that like people knew it was yeah. not like against hr because we were horizontal like we were not right yes managing each other or yeah. anything um but it was very commonplace when there was couples in the in the company for mm-hmm. them to like i said they they relocated a lot of people a lot of times for different positions or to advance their careers and it was not uncommon for them to split couples up when mm-hmm. they're relocating like married couples even married couples with children like they would relocate like the spouse to another state to another and that was just like okay with these families and that was something very early on in like our relationship that Tyler and I were like never would we be like accepting of a separation of a relocation that separated us just to advance the other's career and I remember when Tyler and I were finally at the same office they went to him and they were wanting him to move to Vicksburg Mississippi for a career advancement Mm -hmm. and and they were telling him to, you know, that he should take advantage of that. Take, and he was like, well, I, I don't want to leave here because Adrian's here or whatever. And they mm-hmm. were like, she's really going to be like, this is going to slow down your career. Like this relationship is going to interfere if you, like they were literally telling him to, like that Wild. I was going to jeopardize his growth and he should really think about, you know, leaving so, and not really taking me into consideration, but. Well, obviously that we both quit. Yeah. Obviously that backfired on them. I I always joke with him all the time. I'm like, just think you could be like in Vicksburg, Mississippi right now. Leading a paper mill. Yeah. Yeah. Dreams do come true for some people, you know? Yep. (laughs) Wild. Wild. Well, that was fun today. Yeah. I want, I'm going to see if I can drag up any more stories from my past. I think I blocked trauma blocked a lot of them out, but it's like, I can't think of them until you remind me of something and I'm like, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm sure I have more. So all right. Well, that was it. That was it. it. Please submit your stories at dearworkwives.com. Thank you. So many people that are like, here's this, I have this story. Oh my God, this happened to me. And then they don't submit them. So submit it, go and submit it or message it to us on Instagram. We'll submit it for you, please. We would love to hear your story. Yes. Dearworkwives.com. Yeah. I know you're out there. And I know you are. We'll see you next Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday.